Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 46 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Today, we're bringing you another awesome interview recorded at the Spartan PodFest last September in Lake Tahoe. And this time, we've got double trouble for you. Today's guests are race directors, ultra runners, and adventurers, Johnny Waite and Louis Escobar. Johnny Waite is a race director for Spartan Race Canada and a man of many great sound bites, including the motto he lives by, which is a lifetime of adventures of a lifetime. Louis Escobar is a longtime runner, photographer, experienced race director, possibly best known for the Born to Run Ultramarathon Extravaganza near Santa Barbara, California, and now co-director for the new Spartan Trail series launching this year. These guys took opposite paths to eventually find each other and build an enduring friendship over common threads. And they both have an amazing perspective on how to live your best seasoned athlete life. Plus, they were just incredibly fun to talk to. So let's get to it. Here's my interview with Johnny Waite and Louis Escobar. I'm here at Spartan World Championships, Spartan Podfest 2018, and I'm here with Louis Escobar and Johnny Waite. Welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Thank you. Awesome. So uh, let's see, we got to get started. We got to learn all about you guys and why you are seasoned athletes and your whole story. We're going to start with Lewis. Tell me about, tell me about you, Lewis. <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell, tell us, me about Tell us who you are and what's yes. your story. So yeah, my name is Lewis Escobar. I am a native of the central coast of California. I am a passionate distance runner. I've been doing it most of my life. Um, been involved with a lot of street marathons, but my real uh, direction is absolutely trail running. I ran my first uh, ultra marathon in 1990, the Santa Barbara Nine Trails 35-mile endurance run, and I almost, you know, thought I was going to die when I, when I finished that thing. I did finish it, and I knew that I will never, ever run another long-distance race <laughs> ever. And then the next day, I'm thinking, well, you know, if I change this and I change that, maybe I could go back and improve. And then I ended up uh, running that race many, many times consecutively. And then that just matured into running all over the country, all over the world. So I've been Trail running has been a big part of my life, and um, I'm happy to be involved with it, and I'm happy to be here in Squaw Valley this weekend and getting to know what Spartan is all about. So Spartan is new for you? Absolutely new to me. I came here last year for the first time. I was invited by a friend of mine, Josue Stevens, who's one of the race directors for Spartan, and he uh, invited me to come, and I honestly, I didn't know anything about OCR. I, in fact, I was pretty cynical about it. I'm an older, crotchety old trail runner and thinking that that's the pure sport, you know, and obstacle course racing I thought was really kind of silly. Uh, a little bit I, of get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex exactly that. Get off my trail. Exactly that. And, and the reason I, I, I thought that is because I'd never seen it. I'd never been around it. I'd never experienced it. And then I came here last year. And when I come to Squaw Valley, I think of the Western States 100 mile endurance run. It starts right here. And I've been part of that race since 1995. I've run it a bunch of times. So when I come to Squaw Valley, I think Western States. And Western States has about 460 participants and their friends and family. So you come here, there's a couple thousand people and it's electric, it's amazing. Then I show up here last year to the Spartan World Championship. 
<laughs> blew my mind. You guys, you athletes, put on one hell of a show. And I have been excited about it since I saw it. And when I had the opportunity to come here this year, I said, absolutely, I want to go back. I want to be part of it. And here I am. There you are. And I, I need to ask you the question that I ask all my guests, and that's, what is your age at this moment in time? I was born in 1963, so I'm 55. Thank you for not making me do the math. I'm looking at, nine, nine, I'm looking at uh, 56 years old. Awesome. Still kicking. Still kicking. <laughs> still running those trails. Yeah. Still yeah. kicking the, the obstacle racers yeah, off your yeah, lawn. Yeah. I have a lot less hair, and I'm a lot slower than I used to be, but I'm still getting up and getting out there and making it happen. And sure. what, what drives you to get up every morning at 55, pushing 56, and doing these ultra distance yeah, runs obsessed with being outside and being on a trail and and just looking what's over that hill that's my whole life it's just what's next what's over there i'm very curious about what's going to happen next and sometimes you have to go out and, and make it happen discover what's over there yeah that's, that's such a cool philosophy what's what's over that hill what's over yeah, that hill? i guess you i got get in go. trouble with that mentality How so? pattern, tell me a story i'm, I'm not tell telling me. people to pattern their life after that right. that's just what i've done and it's led me to some great things and i always say you know this this next adventure is going to be really cool or really lame. I don't know, but I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And most of the time it turns out pretty cool. So it's just like simple curiosity keeps you going. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. What's next? What's what next? can I do? What can What's I, over there? What's over there? And, and such a, what a fun way to live. And you're also a photographer. I'm a full-time professional photographer. That's my thing. Absolutely. And what, and, and what do you take pictures of? Well, all kinds of things, you know, mm. mostly commercial marketing imagery mm. for, for companies. Um, and two nights ago, I, I photographed a, a, a dance concert. Uh, before that, I was photographing uh, actors. Um, I just got back from British Columbia where I was photographing a, a, an adventure race called Primal Quest. It was a 10-day adventure race and then prior to that or just after that I was photographing grizzly bears in uh, Bella Coola uh, my life is varied I, I'm, I'm never exactly sure what's going to happen next but uh, but that's the whole point right that's what I love that's, that's, that's the way you like to live absolutely all right. And I get to meet cool people like Johnny Waite. Let's uh, right here next to me. Ah, you were so good at segways. <laughs> I was like, how am I going to do this? Ugh, we met ugh. in the back of a truck in Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Johnny and I. Take it from there, okay, Johnny. Okay. <laughs> well, we got to tell that story. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, my story in some ways is the exact opposite of Lewis's. Like, he's been around this forever. Um, I've not been around it forever. So I had done no real running until I was in my 40s. Um, I had been a varsity wrestler in university, so I had an athletic background. But, I mean, I spent 20-some years playing a little bit of pickup baseball and, uh, and selling houses. And so I, I was really in a pretty, um, I don't want to say pedestrian, but a very traditional path, right? Right. And then uh, I had a big life change at 40, and I decided I wanted to dive in and see what was going on. I went and I ran a marathon with no real training just because it seemed like the craziest thing a person could do, you know, running at a, that time, like 26.2 yeah. miles. Oh my God. Who would that, do such a that's thing? That's the pinnacle of physical achievement. <laughs> and, uh, and I got hooked. Like I really enjoyed it. And then, um, it's funny, somebody introduced me to the book born to run. And uh, that's where I was introduced to Lewis and his, uh, his crazy crowd, you know, this, this group of unbelievable trail runners and the communities that came out of that, you know, the, the, the local communities, but also the, the broader community and, uh, and other cultures and things. And so I got really, really deeply fascinated by this and, um, never in a million years picked myself hanging out with you and Ted and, uh, and uh, Marie and all these people. They're real people. They're real, yeah, exactly. They're just people. So you, yeah, were, yeah. you mentioned Born to Run. Uh, yeah. Tell us about Huge that. Huge bestseller. Uh, Chris McDougall wrote this book, and it was about um, an adventure that these guys went on. I think you actually generated the whole thing. Um, you're the one who said we should do this. Well, uh, no. I, In my mind. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, uh, no. Mike Atru is the one that initiated the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, Caballo Blanco. Yeah, sure. I'm just the one that said, yeah, hell yeah, I'll go. Okay, Let's cool. do it. Well, yeah, but on the ground floor. And uh, so they went down to the Copper Canyon in Mexico and ran with the, and I never pronounced right, but the t t Taramara. 
yeah, that's yeah. good. Tar Humara. That'll yeah. do. And um, but it became this massive cultural sensation. This book. I mean, it's part um, uh, biography, part um, uh, anthropology, uh, part thriller. Like, you can't put it down. Anyway, so um, it really drove me to want to be part of that community. So um, I, I didn't start running until my 40s, and you know, then I I went from marathon to 50 miler to 100 miler to uh, this thing called the death race in Vermont which mm-hmm. isn't running as much as it's just grueling grinding suffering several days of no sleep kind of stuff and um, but that was my entree into this whole world and I did well enough at that and um, I think presented well enough that was the other thing is just I wrote about it and uh, and Joe DeSanta noticed that writing and my ability to express myself and that was how I got involved in this world now I'm a race director where I, I put these races together um, but, you know, between you and Josue and, uh, and all these amazing people, um, it's really cool to be part of this world. And I think that's what drives me is the idea. And I tell friends this, that, that you know, it isn't that once you're 40 or once you're 50 or once you're 60, it has to be a certain way. You know, um, I, I do this because uh, people think that from 40 to 80 is this 45-degree angle on the chart going that Right, yeah. And just to be clear, since this is audio, you were pointing your arm yeah, down. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, just pic- picture a graph, right? Mm-hmm. And picture the idea that the way we see it is it's almost vertical from 0 to 20. You're bulletproof. Right. 20 to 30, you can get faster and stronger. 30 to 40, you maintain. And 40 to 80, you get weaker, slower, dumber, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of the way we see it. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. Like, I'm so much faster and stronger at 50 than I was at 40 and because I got started late I think I can be faster and stronger at 60 than I am now there's yeah. no reason not to be and so um so that's a big part of what drives me is is actually stretching out the quality of my life a lot longer like I'm not going to live longer I'm still going to die someday mm-hmm. right but I want to live more of those years you want to live better than, than yeah. dying, right and so that's one thing but the other thing is community the idea that um, the people I'm meeting and the things I'm doing, you know, I'm not just in my small town um, doing the things I've always done and watching my life a trit as some of them go past, you know, guys don't play hockey when they get hurt, such as another thing they don't do. Yeah. And then some friends move away and it's other people you don't see. And instead of my world getting smaller, it's getting bigger. So I think that's what really drives me is A, um, continuing to live and thrive bigger for quite a few more years, um, but also just uh, growing that community of amazing people. Yeah, and and I haven't asked you yet. What is your age currently? Sure, uh, fifty. Just you're fi- fifty. Just yeah. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And happy that. birthday. So yeah, you're at that. You're at that milestone, and I find it so interesting that you guys come from such different backgrounds, and yet yeah. you're so bonded where you know you've been running for a really long time and you're kind of you know you're only 10 years in yeah uh but you kind of both have kind of your graphs have sort of worked your way together and i think part of that is um that we we both dove into this crazy thing called fuego agua that was a race Mm -hmm. in nicaragua um that uh even people who are seasoned runners tend to think of you know something like that as being way outside their comfort zone, going to this country that they don't know to run on an island that's two volcanoes in the middle of a lake that they've never heard of. And, um, and, and going down there, and that was a huge boost for me in terms of meeting all these guys. And, uh, and I, I know that that fascinated you, too. Like Absolutely. A whole new adventure, right? Yeah, what he's talking about, this island is called Omotepe, and it's in the middle of Lake Nicaragua in Nicaragua. And uh, our, we have a mutual friend, a couple of mutual friends that organized that event, Survival Run Nicaragua. And that's where, that's where Johnny and I met. And yeah, it's, it's an incredible event. And absolutely, you go there, and you're way out of your comfort zone. It's a completely different culture. The, 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 the course itself is spectacular. It's, yeah, yeah, it's raw. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard. And to be there and to be part of that, everybody that's there, 
it took some doing to get there. You don't just stumble into this place. You don't just stumble into this race. So it's not like there, a direct flight. And, no, yeah. no, no. There's flights and then there's taxis and then there's ferries boats. and then there's boats <laughs> and then there's donkeys. And then there's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's for reals. So anyway, the point is when you get there, everybody that's there is earned that spot. Yeah. They're all like-minded folks. Yeah. And so you can't help but to be drawn to them. And Johnny and I, you know, we don't know each other well. I mean, we've, we've, we've come across each other at different events, but yeah, we feel connected because we're in the same community. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And tell me about how you, how specifically you guys met. So I want to know about quite, the back of the truck. No, quite literally. Uh, I was, uh, my first year on Omotape yeah. and, uh, I, um, I might've been my second year actually. And, uh, they said, Hey, we're going to dinner at, uh, turns out down Ben's place. Right. And, uh, and I said, how are we getting there? I said, jump in this truck. So I jumped in the truck. He goes, hey, I'm Louis Escobar. And I'm like, wow, the Louis Escobar, which he thinks is hilarious because he's a modest guy. And I think Pat was in that truck, Pat Sweeney, another great runner. And, um, and uh, but the neat thing is when you're in that world, like you say, you're all there on equal footing. You know, everyone had to do something to get there. And um, yeah, just uh, suddenly you're, you're, you're all there. And then you become BFFs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get so stoked to see this guy. It's funny actually because last year um, when Josue brought him to, to this, and I, I'd met you a couple times, so that was mm-hmm. the first time we really hung out uh, yeah. in any kind of concentrated way. And it, but it's neat too because you know now this world is a world that I'm super ingrained in. I've been with Spartan since the get go, pretty much, and certainly since the get go of it going international. Like it was, you know, it was a, uh, an American race, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was in Canada, and the UK, and I came along and helped to shepherd it into Australia, Mexico, South America, Asia, Eastern Europe, Western. Europe, I mean, it really is completely global now. And so it's neat for me, you know, when, when uh, Lewis is here, I'm actually, I get to be on the other side of that. You know, he's introduced me to some cool people, but in this world, I'm introducing him to people. Yeah. And so, uh, so, but as he says, you know, a guy who comes from this other amazing background and to be here and be kind of blown away by the scope of this, you just didn't realize how, how big it had become. Um, it's a whole, like, you know, a whole new world. So, yeah. so like he says, what's over that next hill? Well, some involvement in this and shooting this and, you know, really helping grow this is pretty cool. It, it is amazing. I come from the world of dirt, dirt racing, trail races, small hometown, family owned little races, gunfights, basically. You know. <laughs> well, literally. <sometimes. laughs> yeah. And to, to be here, it's just fascinating to see the infrastructure and the amount of people that it takes to put this event on. It's very, very exciting. I'm learning a lot. And it's bigger this year than at least oh, yeah. the last two it gets, gets bigger, bigger and bigger every year. Every year. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. blows me away every time. And I, this is my yeah. third year here. Uh, well, so. One thing about this and um, and just about um, endurance sports in general, because, you know, the seasoned athlete idea, um, there's no way that either of us is going to go and win a 100-meter race. Right. You know, and, and, you know, at 25, 26, you're hanging on, you know, uh, how old is Usain Bolt? 28 maybe, and, you know, coming to the end of his career. That fast twitch stuff is a young man's game or a young woman's yeah, yeah. game. But um, when you get into endurance and you get into the long distance runs, I mean, most races are being won by people in their 30s, some by people in their 40s. Yeah. And um, there's something about the maturity when you go longer um, that becomes massively valuable. Like the slow twitch doesn't die as fast, but equally importantly, the ability to pace yourself and the ability to grind through pain and having been yeah. there before, I think is gigantic. And I think, and I've talked to, I, I find myself talking to a lot of endurance athletes on yeah. the show naturally because, you know, I talk to triathletes, runners, marathon runners, ultra runners, yeah. trail runners, OCR, yeah. uh, that the majority of the people I've talked to are from those sports. Yeah. And that's the common thread that I see is mm-hmm. that, uh, the body can handle it better. The mind can handle it better. They have the yeah. maturity to 
figure out how to get through a race like that, yeah. that maybe a younger person would struggle a little more with. Yeah, go hard and blow up. Uh, go and hard and blow up. And Lewis, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, because how long, when did you start? When, my how first old were ultra you? marathon was in 1990. How so. old were you? God, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that math. I know. <laughs> we're, we're too old to do 28 years ago. Yeah, yeah late 20s. 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you were young back then. Yep. And, and so I would like to know, because you're still doing it. Sure. Like, what differences are you feeling? Like, what are what advantages do you feel you have now that you didn't have? Well, obviously, just wisdom and experience. Mm-hmm. I've been out there. I know what it, I know what it's like. I know what's going to happen. Usually, I know what's going to happen. Um, and for sure, when I was young and thin and fast, I couldn't... I didn't perform as well then as I did when I was in my mid-30s. That was really the best time of my my career in terms of being fast, mid-30s even into my early 40s. Um, you know, absolutely. It's a, it, longest it's running, I think, is an older man's sport or older person's sport. I believe that the average age at Western States 100 is 42, something like that. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously, it's the young people that are winning the race, but the majority of the people that are in the race and doing well people are that are in their 40s even into their 50s yeah and i think part of it's a you know a physiological thing uh mental and physical you know training and fortitude and and from the people i've spoken to a lot of it's especially the women it's like my kids are older i have more time yeah Yeah, i have more time to train and so yeah they 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 can just get out there and run longer and so that's why a lot of older people you know, find their way. Sometimes, you know, you found your way a little bit later. Sure, yeah. And so when they find their way into these sports a little later, that has something to do with it as well. And when, when you look at, like, the world record holders at, um, you know, at uh, different distances and throwing and things like that, everything I've read about them is very few of them have been doing it their whole life. Yeah. So the person who uh, is winning the race at 95 probably started running at 70. Absolutely. And, and I, think Absolutely. The, I think the two reasons behind that are, one, um, if you've done something for 40 years, you've worn down those muscles and those yes. joints a fair bit, um, you know, but maybe you've never really thrown. And suddenly, you know, you still have that shoulder that the mm-hmm. pitcher does. Still the, fresh. Yeah. But the other thing I think that's part of it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm Canadian, so everything comes back to hockey reference. <laughs> and if you're a great hockey player and then you're playing old-timers hockey and you're just a good hockey player and then your ego is and you're a slow hockey player, you're going to spend the rest of your life getting worse at something, right? Or, or the golfer who peaks, you know, and then spends the rest of your life getting worse at something. So you're hanging on to that only thing you were good at and you're just going to spend the rest of your life getting worse at it. And I think that's a great thing about plugging something in later on. Like, for example, um, I'm not a badminton player, Right. But if I at 70 start playing badminton, I'm never going to be as good as the people who played their whole life. But the difference is I'm going to be better at 71 and they're going to be worse than they were before. <laughs> I'm not saying those things are going to cross, <laughs> but what a great thing in life to always have something to get better at. The 90-year-old who takes up curling is going to be better at 91 than they were at 90. My dad at 74 started uh, kayaking last year. Uh, we went and we did a 50-kilometer tandem kayak race together. He's a better kayaker at 75 than he was at 74 because he's learning and and taking up something. Because we have this capacity to learn. Absolutely. Not only the capacity, but also when we do it, um, I think it fires us up again. It makes us younger. It it does rewire the brain, certainly that neuroplasticity idea. But, um, But the idea of, well, all of your friends are tritting their lives, right? They're either getting weaker, slower, um, smaller social circles. To be out there and be the person who's meeting new people and doing new things and taking on new challenges, you're getting younger. You really are getting younger. So the seasoned athlete doesn't have to... I I, I said to somebody the other day, I said, just because I'm getting old doesn't mean I'm going to get old. Yes. And I put the second old in quotations, right? Yeah. I, I saw a great thing a friend sent me this morning. It was one of the best compliments I've had in a while. She sent this and said, oh my God, this is so you. And it was a 72-year-old guy who's like 
flat brim hat. He's got the the, the kicks on and the, 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 the skinny jeans. And, and it was just like, it was like, he does not look 72, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to put on the white shoes and the fanny pack just because you're, you're getting older. I mean, don't diss a fanny pack. <laughs> There's something to be said for it. <laughs> Sorry, you don't so I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to put on my fanny pack all weekend now, Johnny. <laughs> I was totally going to, but now you made me feel bad. No, uh, hopefully you, you, we're here talking about sports kind of at a high level. Hopefully your listeners can, it doesn't have to be at a high level Absolutely. competition. Just yeah. get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be intimidated. Go for it. Get out there and walk. And then run a little bit and then walk a little bit and then run a little bit and see what happens. And more important, the most important thing for me in my running at this point, I call it pleasure running. I just like to be out there Mm -hmm. and think my own thoughts for an hour, hour and a half, a few times a week. That's what it's about for me at this point. Um, And so I would encourage your listeners to, yeah, put on some shoes, go outside. Well, it's the lowest barrier of entry for any sport, really. Sure. You know, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of runners who said that. It's yeah. like, it costs nothing to go outside. There are a lot of people that don't even put shoes on. Yeah, that's, that's true. true too. Yeah, I talked to a couple close. guys today. <laughs> I, talk, I talked to a couple guys, <laughs> couple guys getting in a shipping container that yeah, that's weren't, a cool one. weren't wearing shoes. Yeah. Yeah. That actually is, a, is kind of a neat segue into a thought, because um, I, I interviewed him yesterday, mm-hmm. the, the guy who's getting the shipping container. And um, they're running for 24 hours in complete sensory deprivation. And what you said about going out and running for your hours and thinking... Um, to me, one of the huge values of endurance sports, you know, if you're running 100 miles, it's going to take you 24 hours, or 200 miles in your case, you're running 60 hours or 50 hours or whatever. 92. 92. <laughs> I know, okay, that's a different 200 miles than I'm thinking of. Yeah, you run, you run 200 hard miles. But the idea is that, um, you know, if there's anything, anything unresolved in your head, any regret, anything that you haven't taken care of yet, um, you'll fix it. Oh, yeah. It's, re- <laughs> it's real easy to just change the channel, literally, for most people. Or, you know, if, I, if I've got an uncomfortable thought, I think, why don't you text somebody? And just get something else happening. You're 16 miles or 16 hours into a run at the middle of the night, and you think of that thing that you haven't taken care of. You're still thinking about two hours later. There's no way to get rid of that thought. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing free therapy to yes. go distances. Um, plus, it breaks you down. You get into a different state where maybe you're a little more um, open to those thoughts that you used to have the mental strength to just yeah. force down. So yeah, um, whether it's just running for an hour and a half and clearing your head, or running for two hours and changing your life, yeah, there's huge value. I, in that. I I actually totally agree with that because I feel like running. I'm a, I, I'm a runner too, not yeah. to the degree that you guys do, <laughs> but um, I like to go and run on trails, and I find it almost akin to journaling. Like that's a, yeah. I, I journal, and that's a way that I solve problems sometimes sure. that I don't wouldn't have the time to do otherwise. And when I'm yeah. by myself out on a trail, sometimes I think you know I have a business and I think about problems I need to solve with my business or yeah. new ideas or and, and that happens when I'm running for 100%. sure yeah, yeah for sure so, it's a state change mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll have work to do or maybe something I need to write I'll tell my wife I'm gonna go do this and I'll put on my running shoes and go and I can compose a thought or yeah. write something yeah. in my mind come back commit it to paper yeah. or word processor and there it is and you'll always have a reason to run yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah sure. sorry i gotta solve this problem i'm out i'm out of here yeah absolutely going to the office yep exactly <laughs> going exactly. to the office exactly. <laughs> so yeah i love uh, you guys have been offering such different perspectives yeah. which i think is really cool and really relating it to to the listener to yeah, the season sure. athlete listener which i really love i want to know the hardest race you guys have like the toughest day sure. that that you guys have had on a race course and what you learned from that experience. So, Johnny, do you want to start? Uh, sure, I'll go first. So it was um, in the death race, and the death race is a uh, event in Vermont. Uh, it's actually gone to some other place. I actually directed one in Mexico a while ago, but um, uh, the original death race was in Vermont. And uh, it was the year that I had this story was a 45-hour race. Um, but we didn't know that. You don't know when it starts. You don't know when it ends. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what distance you're going to cover. I got there, and it rained and rained and rained for the entire time. 
and uh, you're carrying usually at least 100 pounds between your pack and the log that you had to carry covering. I think it was like 92 miles in the end. Um, it was horrible. And at one point, I believed it was going to go 80 hours, and I was like 40 hours in, and I had a complete temper tantrum. I was so angry. I was stuck in this barbed wire, and my log wouldn't move, and I, I got it right through it, and I got, God, this is the worst thing. This is stupid. I quit. And, it's, and all of a sudden, I thought of a philosophy that's driven me ever since, and I thought, you know what? It's going to be Tuesday someday anyway. <laughs> it's going to be Tuesday. This is Sunday. I started on Thursday. At some point, it's going to be Tuesday, and I'm going to be sitting in a coffee shop either explaining why I didn't finish or I'm going to be sitting there talking about how I hung in there and finished. And, uh, and that was huge for me. Like, I was angry. I was like, I was mad at Joe. I was mad at Vermont. I was mad at God. I was mad at, <laughs> mad at my parents for having me. This is like, stupid why idea. Why do I exist to do this? <laughs> and, uh, and, but um, in that moment, I, I sat down and I thought, you can quit or you can keep going, but it's going to be Tuesday anyway. And when Tuesday comes, which story do you want to tell? So, um, yes, yeah, so that, that was a big one for me. Yeah, and it was a brutally, brutally hard race. It's pointless. There's nothing about it. You know, it's not like you cross a finish line and go, yeah, I achieved that. You just keep going until they tell you to stop. So, um, yeah, that was my hardest. Yeah, but I, yeah. but the, the wisdom that came from that. Oh, that moment. You've been, you've been kind of sharing. I, I, I'm like, I need to be writing this stuff down <laughs> because, the, you know, you can get old, but don't get air quote old. Yeah, sure. And then it's going to be Tuesday someday. Like, I want to remember. I'm going to remember yeah, sure. that. Because yeah. I think, and I think that's applicable to anyone listening yeah. in, in a lot of different aspects of their life. It's going to sure. be Tuesday someday. What story do you want to tell? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lewis. Well, if you want to know just like the names of hard races that I've done, I'll tell you a couple. <laughs> I, I want to know what you. your worst day was. All right. I will tell you that. <laughs> um, if people are just looking for really If they talent, want to look for really hard races to do, yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's well, different than your worst race. <laughs> the Plain 100 in the Eastern Cascades in Washington is an incredibly difficult race course. And I've had a, a very, very good day there. And I've had a horrible day there. That race is 100 miles unmarked and unsupported. So you just go out and you navigate through this incredible course. The Hurt 100 in, on Honolulu uh, is another one. It's just roots and rocks and mud for 100 miles, and it's terribly challenging. Um, the Badwater 135 or 146, if you go to the top of the mountain, that's another incredible event that I've been part of for many years. But the most difficult and most disappointing race that I've been involved in was the last one that I did, which was the Hard Rock 100 in Silverton, Colorado. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all above 10,000 feet. It's big mountains, the San Juans, one of the most spectacular mountain ranges that there is in this country. And it was challenging for me because I made big mistakes. Even though I've been to so many races and I've got plenty of experience, I made mistakes. I made rookie mistakes. I completely overestimated my ability and underestimated the, the, the race course. I was uh, too slow. I, I took too many breaks. And at mile 91, I missed a cutoff. The first time in my career, I missed a cutoff hmm. at mile 91. I was two minutes behind the cutoff. So I was uh, removed from the course. I didn't finish. Um, it's not the first race that I didn't finish, but I'm not used to not finishing. Right. And so to walk off of the Hard Rock 100, which was one of the most difficult races to get into, and then one of the most challenging races to physically do, and to make it to mile 91 and to be excused off of the course mm. was really, uh, it was challenging. It was an embarrassing moment. I, I got to ask you, because 
missing it by two minutes is different than missing it by an hour and a half. You miss it by an hour and a <laughs> half, and you're like, I guess this, this was not meant for me. Two minutes, yeah. You miss it by two minutes, you think, why did I stand and chat for that extra 45 exactly. seconds at that aid exactly. station? You start adding all that stuff up. Yeah, I where did, did I, the, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I little little tiny shoes. things. I like, could have easily like, got there on up. time, hadn't I just tightened myself mm-hmm. up in some of the aid stations or a couple of places where I sat down or I laid down and went to sleep a couple of times. Big mistakes. Took a two-minute nap. Yeah, and then I'm I'm like... I see the aid station that I need to be in. It's uh, I, I'm not going to make it. I'm running as hard as I can, and I just get in there two minutes late. Yeah. So Hard Rock 100. That was the most uh, challenging and disappointing uh, race of my career. And I know, you know it was fairly recent, but did you learn anything from that? Do you have any takeaways from that yeah, that you want to apply? Yeah, stuff that I tell my own running students. Yeah, never under, uh, underestimate a race course. Yeah. Never overestimate your abilities. Have respect for this thing every single time. And I just thought that I was just going to go in there, and I knew it was going to be hard. But I just figured I was, I'm going to do it. I've, I've always done it. I've always yeah. succeeded. So to not succeed, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I'm going to take it much different next time. Yeah. Something you said to me before, too, that I thought was important is you said one thing you learned when you didn't finish is I absolutely can finish this race. That's true. Yeah, you know you can. <laughs> yeah. I know that yeah. I can. Even at my seasoned age, I know that if I ever get an opportunity to go back there, I know how to, how to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and perhaps because of your seasoned age, yeah. you know how to make it happen. Sure. You have the ability to regroup and think and analyze yeah. and figure it out. But but isn't that cool at uh, 56? You know, it, it may be a few more years before you get back in because the whole lottery system and everything else. Yeah. I may never make it back in. Yeah. Well, but when you do make it back in, let's say you're 61. The cool thing is you're not looking at going, I can't do it when I'm 61. Yeah. You're looking at going, I can totally do it when I'm 61. I know exactly. Yeah, I'm absolutely doing this. I don't think about that age. You know, I, I, I am now because that's what the topic of this right. is. But, man, typically I just live my life and, be, and just go as forward as I can yeah. every single day. Yeah. And uh, when I sign up for a race, I never think I... I want to do this because I'm old or because I want to be an inspiration. I, yeah. I never think of anything yeah. like that. I just do what I do. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny that I tell you about a little while ago. I don't think I'm old. And, and I, was, I was running, and this kid, who's probably 30, he ran up as he passed me. He goes, sir, you're an inspiration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sir. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, who are you talking no, I, to? I, I people say that to me too. I hope I'm doing that when you're on your age. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. That's not. That's Come on now. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you don't think about it, right. and yet oh, no, everybody no. else right. does. Yeah. Yeah. But and, and the point of what we're doing here, yes, we talk about age all the time. I ask people's age. We yeah. talk about age. But the people I talk to actually probably spend the least amount of time thinking about how oh, old absolutely. they are. And that is the point when you're getting out, you're getting active and you're living that kind of life. You don't have to spend time thinking about being old because you're not on medication. You're not, your joints don't hurt. Do you want to take, do you want to take stairs two at a time or pills two at a time? There you go. You with the with the knowledge bombs. You with the sound bites, Johnny. Johnny's well, I, sound bite over here. You know, but the, the other thing about it though, when you're in this world, right, or in these worlds, um, you're around people of all ages. So it's kind of cool because when you hang around a lot of 30-year-olds, you kind of resonate with that vibe and that you, you sort of think of yourself in that energy range. But also you're around 75-year-olds who are still running. I, there's a guy, Irish Joe Cleary. This is actually a great story. I broke my foot in a race, uh, the Halliburton 100. I was about 42 miles in and broke my foot. And uh, so I'm hobbling to the next aid station. I'm just barely moving. And this guy shuffles up behind me. And he's you know doing that old man shuffle where he's still moving but not real fast. And he, I turn around, he looks like Santa Claus. He's got the big white beard. And uh, he goes, he goes. You look like you're in trouble there. I said, I broke my foot. I just got to the next aid station. I have to drop out. And I said, How about you? Where are you at? Meaning mentally, physically, emotionally. He goes, Where am I at? 
just as he passed me, he goes, well, I'm one stride in front of you in a 100-mile race, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I love that, dude. <laughs> but the neat thing Smoke is... Smoke that one, Johnny. Uh, exactly. But <laughs> You're like, I'm going to remember and use that someday. <laughs> well, but the cool thing is you're around older people who are still doing amazing things, so you don't see that limit. You don't see it that when I'm older, I can't do things, right? So on the one hand, the older people keep pulling you forward, but the younger people keep driving you forward because they're your peers for the most part. So it does become ageless, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nailed yeah. it again. <laughs> Johnny Soundbite, killing it. <laughs> so before we go, we're going to wrap up in a second, but I always ask for one parting piece of wisdom for sure. from my guests. So yeah. think long and hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with Lewis. Run simply, run gently, and run free. Yeah. Yay. I like that. That is nice. It's nice and pure and to the point. There you go. Yeah. All right, Johnny. I always have something to look forward to. Um, you have to have something on the horizon, whether it's a scheduled event or just friends you're getting together with to do something cool, a climb or whatever. But I think that you always have to have something on the horizon to be excited about because it keeps you moving forward. And through those days that you may not have as much going on and, you know, uh, it's a bit of a grind. If you have that thing ahead of you and once you do it, put another thing ahead of you. I think yeah. it's really important. I live that life. Yeah, I sure. live. I always have something on the calendar. So I totally get that life and I live it. And I always encourage people, people I train, people I know, people that listen to the podcast. I encourage that too. So thank you. Well, Johnny, Lewis, thank you for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. Um, I know you guys are kind of carefree spirits, but if people want to reach you or learn more about for you, sure. is there a way for people to do that? I'm, I'm, it's funny. I'm a big Facebooker, Johnny Waite. Uh, I, I throw my, uh, my uh, stuff out there, and uh, people reach out to me through that, so that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah, and it's uh, W-A-I-T-E. Johnny, W-A-I-T-E. Wait for me with any on the end. Yes. Yeah, cool. yeah, you can find me on Facebook as well, Lewis Escobar, L-U-I-S-E-S-C-O-B-A-R. Or my website, allwedoisrun.com. Yeah. Or on Instagram. You're very, like, your life is your life. Like, yeah, it's running. I'm just running, and I'm going outside, and I'm running, and then I'm probably going to run some more. That's all right. we do is running.com. All, all, all we do is run. All we do is run.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. You guys are fun, and I really like your energy that, you know, you're... Your opposites attract, yeah, but yeah. yet you're not all that opposite Give after all. Yeah. Johnny, would you hand me my walker, please? <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the drink, right? <laughs> Johnny Walker. <laughs> hey yeah, Thank you guys for being on the season athlete. This Thank was super you. fun. Thank awesome. you. High fives. High fives, High fives on the mic. Hey, oh, don't leave them hanging. Yay. Thank you very much. That was fun. All right, seasoned athletes. Before we wrap up, I think today I'd like to repeat a few of my favorite quotes shared by Johnny Waite, a.k.a. Johnny Soundbite. Number one, just because I'm getting old doesn't mean I'm getting, quote, old. Translation, your physical age does not define how you have to live. It's up to you whether you choose a path that directly correlates with the assumptions that come around being a certain age or go another direction entirely. Number two, do you want to take stairs two at a time or pills two at a time? Choose the former and you may get to avoid the latter. So hit those stairs, my seasoned athlete friends. And number three, it's going to be Tuesday someday anyway. Johnny's quote about how he turned his mindset around after a terrible race. You ultimately write the story you will tell about your life. What story will you tell when Tuesday comes around? Thanks again to Johnny Waite and Louis Escobar. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is by the creative and innovative Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Do you know someone who would make a great guest on the show? Or do you have a unique and inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. 
Check out our entire library of episodes and get to know our distinguished seasoned athlete alumni at seasonedathlete.me. And if you live in the Los Angeles area and are feeling super inspired to train like a seasoned athlete, visit rutsm.com and learn about how to train with me to help bring out the seasoned athlete in you. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.